Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. Hello and welcome back. It's hour three of In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. And I'm here with my friend out, John Lobb. You can follow him on the Twitter at GridironSkull91. And we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, obviously, we're going to do some player debates because, John, it seems – I think, John, you really like the player debates, don't you? Oh, I do, my friend, very much. So so we, we've got those rocking, and we're going to talk a little college football, and I'm gonna we're going to get a temperature check on where John stands in the season. We can't really do it on our uh, CFF on campus show. we got to remain professional there. But here we can maybe uh, bitch and moan <laughs> about the college season a little bit. But um, uh, first – uh, the Welsh and I did a uh, Superflex draft, and you know our buddy Jake Seeley, who works for the Athletic, puts on uh, a huge uh, bunch of flex leagues every single year. Uh, all of the leagues, uh, I well, you know what? I shouldn't say that. I don't know if all of the leagues are Superflex. I know ours was. So what I did so that John couldn't just say, you know what, Scott, I really like your team. I love the build here. Was I sent him a Google sheet with all of the names taken out? These are all experts, you know. And I do that with air quotes. So, you know, I don't like calling myself an expert. I think that's dumb, you know, but it's all industry people, I guess is what I should say. A better term for it. So, um, but just before we dive into whose rankings you like, John, what is your strategy and how does it differ between drafting a super flex, which for those of you that don't know, it's where you have uh, two flex spots and one of those flex spots, you can put a quarterback in. So you can have two quarterbacks on every team, not a two quarterback league, which is a little difficult to draft unless you have, uh, you know, an only eight or a 10 man league, because at that point, you know, if you have a 12 man, not everybody's going to get a backup quarterback in a two quarterback league. So you, uh, you have to uh, really stay vigilant in that. But in Superflex, you know, if you're, if your quarterback has a bye week or an injury, you can put a running back in, you can put a tight end in. So it just makes more sense. Uh, you know, if you want two quarterbacks in your lineup to play a super flex. So how does your strategy change, John, from going from a standard normal draft to a super flex draft? So first thing I have to say, lucky to be on the grid today because the hurricane came through Connecticut. Wasn't sure if I'd be able to get on the grid. 30, <laughs> 30 to 40% of our state still doesn't have power. 
depending on where you look. So, yeah. So, I'm lucky and glad to be on the grid with you. Now, I prefer Superflex by far now, my good friend. Um, I'm tired of the simple strategy of waiting for a quarterback in a one-quarterback league. I believe it devalues the position. I know people are making the argument that Mahomes and Jackson are more valuable now in one-quarterback leagues than recent years, and that's an interesting debate. But I love the Superflex one. It opens up so many different avenues of drafting, and it makes it so much more fascinating. So I love that aspect more than anything, Scott. In my experience, and I have a mock draft going on Thursday night. It'll be later tonight, but you're listening to this Saturday, everyone. Um, And I watch the board. What I want to do is leave with a minimum of one of my top 10 quarterbacks. So what that usually forces me to do in a 12-team league is I will draft the quarterback at least by the end of the third round. Okay. Now, if they're if they're flying off the board, I might go in the second round. Right. So I'm watching the board. I have to see the value. So I, I can't say I prefer the third round. In a perfect world, I would take my quarterback in a super flex in the third round. Now, what I also try to do, I have 16 quarterbacks in a super flex. I want two of them. So I could draft in the fourth round if they're flying, my second quarterback. But I prefer to draft my second quarterback in the fifth round. But it's dependent on the board. I want right. two of those top 16 quarterbacks. I don't, And then, then I can choose as my third quarterback, which I believe in the third quarterback. Some owners don't. I do. I don't want to chase quarterbacks on the waiver wire. I'll yeah. take my... Gardner Minshew, I'll take my Ryan Tannehill, my Joe Burrow. I'll take one of those guys as my third quarterback around 10. Somewhere's in there watching the board. That would be my ideal scenario, which I will try to do tonight. So when you're looking at your overall board, Sean, how high are, you know, I don't know. I think you said you have, don't you have Patrick Mahomes ahead of Lamar? I do. I'm a, yes, I have, I have Mahomes ahead of Lamar. So how high is Lamar on your Superflex board? I know you They're like low. taking a quarterback in the third, but how high is Mahomes on that board for Superflex? I have them both in the first round, my friend. Okay, so, it, so they're so still both first-round picks. Yeah, so okay. in a best scenario, they get drafted in the first five, six points and pl- or picks, and value falls to me. That's right, what right. I love. I like the value of the running back and the wide receiver to fall. Okay, so and there's not really because Superflex isn't the standard uh, of of what we do, and it's not it's not something that is abundantly done all over the place. We don't get a uh, we don't get kind of a uniform board for Superflex. We don't get a um, you know a consensus ranking that is uh, really standard. Just things vary more in Superflex because some yes. people. And you saw in this in this draft that we did, and this is a real draft um, yeah. with all industry people, that some people waited till way late to get their uh, quarterbacks. I think somebody has Derek Carr and Teddy B starting for them. And then no. there was another team uh, that went early and went Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. So um, there are strategies abundant here. So now I didn't tell John which team the Welsh and I drafted. 
And the whole reason I did this was uh, to see if he picks our team as one of his favorites. So uh, th this is available. Jake has retweeted it. Uh, I will post it on the In This League Patreon, too, as a free post. Uh, Patreon.com slash ITL Army so everybody can see it. Uh, but what are the teams in this that you liked and which team did you not like? Let's start with the teams that you liked, and I will uh, read off their roster and tell you who that was. All right. I like my two favorite, Team 4 and Team 2. Team 4 and Team 2 are your favorite. Yeah. All right. So, uh, okay. So let's start with Team 4. And yep. that team four is Ray Flowers, the fantasy guru. And his squad went uh, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb. Uh, so we started out running back, running back. Followed it up in the third round with Deshaun Watson, who fell a little bit. Uh, Zach Ertz, he got it as a starting tight end in the fourth. Followed that up with his first wideouts. Uh, he's taking around five and six here. Cortland Sutton and DK Metcalf. Not a surprise that John likes the DK Metcalf team uh, <laughs> at all. That did stand out to me, brother. <laughs> uh Cam Akers uh, was uh, in round seven. I was so jealous of that, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Jarvis Landry as his last starter, in, uh, last wide receiver starter in round eight. Phillip Rivers is his second QB that he got all the way down in round nine. Uh, he drafted Alexander Madison, Darius Slayton, Josh Kelly, Tony Pollard, uh, and finished off the last few rounds here with Brashad Perriman, Michael Pittman, Jarrett Stidham, the Colts defense and Randall Cobb. So what is it specifically about this squad that you like? Did you just, I know you're a big Nick Chubb fan. He also wound up getting Saquon Barkley at four overall. So that was a nice deal too. So uh, is it just the deals that fell to him? Is that why you like his squad so much, John? Dude, when you, uh, they're two of my top six running backs. When you, I have Chubb at six, Barkley at two. When you can open up with Barkley and Chubb, and then he got my dream scenario. A top six quarterback is sitting there in the third round. I mean, that is beautiful. Get Deshaun Watson there. And what I really love, he dips into the tight end. Now, I would not have done that. I, I would have gone receiver, but that's okay. I still have to respect the decision. Because to get a top three tight end, and I mean, maybe someone has him as the fourth. That's, you know, let's say at least the top four tight end and those receivers man i love sutton and dk metcalf yeah i'm a big darius slayton guy I, i'll take him any day i used to have to draft him in round eight in march i got him in round 11 the other day i love darius slayton at this price and he took three running backs all he has to do is hit on one of them alexander madison joshua kelly tony pollard if one of those three becomes something, man, is he loading. You're right. Cam Akers is fascinating. Now, I will say, I'm a little worried about Phillip Rivers and Jared Stidham as his two quarterbacks, but he okay. wanted back, but he wanted backup running back depth. So I understand why he went um Kelly and Pollard. I might have gone another quarterback at that time, depending obviously what the board looks like. But I get it. I I, I mean Phillip Rivers. Is a serve now. I, I'm not targeting him. I don't think there's a lot of upside, but you know what? He's going to probably get you what four. I don't know your scoring parameters, but in general, 14 to 16, 17 points a week, which yeah. is fine. You know, which is fine. Now, I don't like he doesn't have a lot of upside in my book. 
You know, right. so that's why I, I like the young upside. And I had liked Stidham before Cam signed, but yeah. that's fine. No, I mean, once Cam, I have no win. Stidham's a waiver wire guy. That's fine. I mean, the guy who drafted Cam should have drafted Stidham, in my opinion. But that's, <laughs> but, you know, but that's that's why I like this team. I like four because of that. Okay, so your other favorite team was, did you say team two? I did. I said team two. Okay, team two was owned by Bogman and the Welsh. Ah! Uh, excellent job, Johnny, on uh, picking the right squad here. So we <laughs> and were, honestly, uh, listeners, I knew nothing. I honestly did not know nothing. So go ahead, Scott. It, well, and, and many people are not going to like our team because they don't like the running backs. And that's – I get it. See, so our, our that's team, why I like your team. Okay, so our team, just reading it off here, uh, we start out back-to-back quarterback. We went uh, Lamar Jackson. We had picked number two overall. So uh, we had Lamar Jackson and then Russell Wilson because my super flex strategy, John, and I've uh, said it here and we've kind of repeated it ad nauseum after this flex trap a little bit. I want, if I can get two top five quarterbacks, I'm getting two top five quarterbacks. And the reason is is because the point differential between them and those middle tier running backs is usually about a touchdown, which makes your other, your running backs, your wide receivers, you can take more of a risk on those. Because if they don't pan out, you know you're getting those extra points from those upper echelon QBs anyway. I mean, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson was more than a touchdown better than the uh, average number two quarterback overall. So going from Lamar to middle of the pack was about a 12-point difference. So I don't think he's going to repeat those numbers again. That was an insane year. Uh, But we've seen them give you those type of QBs give you that difference. So that's why we went with that one too, uh, followed up by three straight RBs, Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor, and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, then we went McLaurin, Diggs, Edelman as our top three starting wideouts. Then we went back up uh, running backs, James White, Keyshawn Vaughn. And let's not forget that that Ronald Jones news came down Wednesday that he was the guy before we took Keyshawn. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, Tua in the 11th round, Sterling Shepard in the 12th, which was our boy Jake. That was his favorite deal on our team. Uh, we also went with Haskins. Um, you know, something happens to Tua. Haskins just kind of fell again. So we're like, well, let's screw it. Let's just take him, see see if it works out. Uh, starting tight end is Dallas Goddard. Then we have Devontae Freeman, Larry Fitzgerald, LaShawn McCoy, and the Denver defense to round out the squad. So uh, you like this running back combo of Fournette, Taylor, and Bell, then, John? I love it, dude. I don't like it. I love it. Now, <laughs> I would not have taken Lamar number two, but that's fine. Like, I have no argument against you. It's just not how I build. I I mean, Russell Wilson in the second round, that's awesome. So I get how you roster build. Like, I understand what you did, just not what I choose to do. But, man, when you get Fournette, Jonathan Taylor, and Le'Veon Bell, that's insane. (laughs) You've got three clear – well, you've got two clear-cut starters, Bell, Bell and Fournette have no competition. Right. Like they just, you can say whatever you, that Chris Thompson is just, come on, stop it. And, <laughs> and, and the Jets, I mean, LaMichael Pirine, you and I have seen him play. He, you and know, he's are legit afraid of Frank Gore though. And it's because oh, it's because I, of Adam Gase. It, it, yes. Yeah. I, I think if Adam Gase hadn't had any crappy comments about Lev Bell, he'd be getting way more of a push, but he's had, you know, not positive things to say about him in the past. So I think that's why we're getting all this hate on Lev Bell. But it would be coaching malfeasance not to play Bell. But you're right, the Adam. But you drafted him in the third round, Scott. Yeah. It's not like you needed to get him in the second or third round. I love – I'm getting a starting running back 
with 250 touch potential. Like he could easily get 250 touches. I love it. Now, when you draft a team like this, you're going to have a weakness. Would I like a better start, a tight end better than Dallas Carter? Yes. But yeah. there's look it, you made a you made a choice. I'm going to go heavy at the quarterback. And when you do that, you're going to have a weakness and it's tight end. And you want to know something? If you're going to have a weakness, tight end's the best weakness to have. Right. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I, I, if you're going to have a roster build where you look, in my opinion, and you look and you say, you know, the tight ends aren't that great, I'm okay with that. So I like it. And look it, to get Terry McLaurin and Stefan Diggs, I think Stefan Diggs, look, he's still going to have 900 yards. He's still going to get 100 targets. I don't think he'll be what he was with Minnesota, but he's still. And then, you know, it's actually good. He plays with John Brown. I mean, yeah. these are two home run hitters. It's a I feel like he's the, the better version of John Brown. Diggs. I think he is. He's younger. I think he's a better player. I agree. Yeah. So you've got a good value there. Julian Edelman, I'm okay. Look, it. if he gets peppered by Cam, you're fired up. You're psyched. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no question about it. Um. You know, and you got my best defense that I've been getting all year. <laughs> Denver, baby, Fangio is loaded on defense this year. I mean, and they're cheap. What is, what round is that, my friend? That's you a dead got ass. Come on, 19th round for a potential top five. And if our listeners don't remember, Fangio was the coach in 2018 when Chicago was the number one defense in fantasy football. Last year, they were overdrafted. Because, but people, they didn't have Fangio. Look, at well, they all got a terrible nasty. offense that made. Well, yes, that, it didn't you know, help. Kept that defense on the, the field for uh, way, way long. But we, we do have to take a break here. But I'm very happy that I, I did this as a blind test towards John. And I said, we'll see. You know, I, I wanted you to go in unbiased and not say that you just love my team because we work on stuff together. And you didn't. You blind taste tested this and went with. Uh, uh, our team as one of the best, so I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the teams that you don't like and check your temperature here on your college football thoughts. So stick with us. We'll be right back on the grid after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old... In this league. Talk about www.com, you made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. Uh... I don't know what you're saying, but that, that's what's going on, yeah. Welcome back. It's hour three of In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. You follow my friend out, John Lobb, who's with me here, talking about the Superflex draft and how much he loves my team. Uh, you can follow him at Skull 91 Now, we were looking through this, John. Well, real quick, before we get back to that, tell everyone what you've been up to, where they can find all your work and, and all the stuff that you're doing. Oh, thanks, my friend. Please follow me on Twitter at GridironSkull91. I could not afford the A and the R, so it's GridironSkull91 on Twitter. And my most recent work is up on fan tracks. It is college fantasy football season, and I've been posting basically a weekly column for the last six weeks. Go up there, player rankings, profiles, everything. And, yes, we will talk about the college upcoming college season. Yeah, it's uh, it's not looking great, but uh, so we looked through this team. You talked about the teams that you did like. Uh, you like uh, Team Four, which was Ray Flowers. Team Two, which was me. So now we get to insulting, and I <laughs> love this part. Uh, you get to insult someone. So all these are experts. There was a t- just one team. I think you said that you really didn't like. So uh, let's hear which number, and I can give you a name with it. All right, I'll tell you, I didn't like it because it's not how I construct, but and we'll talk in more detail, but it's team number seven. Team seven. All right, so just to give you the roster real quick before the name, it's Michael Thomas in round one, followed up by Aaron Jones, Kenny Galladay, James Conner, A.J. Brown, and then uh, first quarterback in round six with Joe Burrow, Darren Waller as the starting tight end, Jimmy G as his second QB, then Jamison Crowder, Austin Hooper, Duke Johnson, uh, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, so two rookie wideouts, uh, along with Noah Fant as a backup tight end. He actually had three tight ends on the squad with Waller, Hooper, and Fant. Uh, <laughs> That's Adrian, one of the things I like. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian Peterson, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Philly D, and Jamal Williams at the end. And I don't even know who this is, so let me see. Team seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That would be Fred Zinke. From Yahoo, so uh, that that's the the squad that you don't like. So uh, break it down for us. What do you not like about this squad, Johnny? The first glaring thing: I cannot wait until round seven and take Joe Burrow and take him as my number one quarterback in a super flex. Look, and I'm as bullish on Burrow as anyone. I loved watching him at LSU. Clear cut number one draft book pick, in my opinion. But to rely in a super flex league with a young man who has never taken a snap is, to me, absolutely silly. Now, I even think, actually, Garoppolo we got in round nine, you could argue, is his number one quarterback. But I would never be comfortable enough. You're just a round off on those, just so I can point it out. Uh, Round six for Burrow, round eight for Jimmy G. Oh, okay. Sorry. 
six and eight. I cannot do that. I just cannot do that at the quarterback position. He let too much value at the position go by. And Chris I, I, Raybon, by the way, just to point this out, uh, he picked at 10. He waited until round nine to take his starting quarterback. And his first starter is uh, Derek Carr. Second starter is Teddy Bridgewater. He added Taysom Hill late. Um, that could be uh, worse. That it's the so, quarterback room. So that, that's worse. the only other spot that laid as wait uh, as late as round six to get a QB. Just pointing I just that out. Can't, yeah, I just can't do that. I mean, if one of these quarterbacks go down and you're scrambling on the waiver wire and he didn't even get a third quarterback. Like well, it's not I, gonna be a starter on the wire at all. There's gonna be no or if, if if only ways if an injury comes up, right? Right, right. right. And then and you're gonna have to spend all your fab on that guy. Everyone goes for him. I mean, I remember Nick Mullins. Remember when he was starting? I literally found out yeah. it was he was starting that Thursday night game. I must have found out about six. I went to like five leagues that are super flex. Four of them he was already off the board. Yeah, like, I, like, I remember that. Was that a was that a Thursday night? It was. I, I I'm okay. almost positive it was a Thursday night. I could remember if it was a Thursday or a Monday. I know uh, that it happened uh, in I think either late October or early November because I was at an Arizona Fall League game. Yeah, uh, during that I was with the Welsh. In Welsh is a Niner fan, but he he had been disgusted by the Niners' performance, so he's like, I don't mind missing this game. And, <laughs> um, uh, you know, because Nick Mullins was starting, but he actually played pretty well. So yeah, uh, and, and we remember missed. Nick Mullins because we followed Southern Miss. You know, for Seattle. yes, yes, and and he did play well for about four weeks. And then last year, when Jacoby Brissett, remember when um, Andrew Luck got hurt? Retired. Yeah. Retired. Sorry, retired. Jacoby Brissett became like a waiver wire gemstone in super flex leagues. And there was actually one league I was in, someone used 100% of their budget on Jacoby Brissett and their fab, and they didn't even own Andrew Luck. Yeah, I mean, the quarter. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. remember what you're talking about because you know obviously Luck didn't play last year, but yeah, that, I mean that's how it goes, you know. That's why I can't go leave with two those two guys. Yeah, I and mean that, that's nuts. Yeah, it, it's um, I I I think I like this team a, a little bit better than you do because I do I I'm just I'm a Joe Burrow believer and I don't want to be because I'm a Steelers fan and Joe Burrow is on. Uh, the, the Bengals. So I don't want to like him even <laughs> a little bit at all. So I want to yeah. hate his guts. But um, I I think that I think that he can make it work this year. So I don't I don't dislike this team as much as you do. But I, I agree. My th- this is not my strategy. And if yeah. I and specifically if I'm not taking a quarterback early, there's just no way. I mean, I guess Michael Thomas is usually the number four pick, so seeing him fall to seven is uh, kind of crazy, especially because only one quarterback went in here. You know, I we took Lamar at two, so um, you know Thomas, who usually goes at four, maybe five, to see him fall to seven, maybe it was just a little too tantalizing uh, for Freddie here, and he just said, you know what, I just I gotta have this guy, and, and that's well, fine. I'm a- Michael Thomas yeah. is great, but this is also half PPR. It's not full PPR. Oh, so, oh, then um, I even like his roster build less. <laughs> yeah, because 
because he the, came back with Kenny Galladay in round three. Right. When uh, I would have taken a running back there. Yeah, I think I'd take I, I, think, I think my strategy, John, is the same as yours. It's either going to be, you know, if I'm not going quarterback, which I like to do in super flex, yeah. I'm going to go running back, which I like to do in everything that's not super flex. So yeah. uh, I just, um, you know, we did another mock uh, that came out as you're listening to this yesterday. Uh, so I'm still editing it in the process as you and I are recording this, Johnny. But, um, you know, I picked 10 in a 16-man PPR league, and I Devontae Adams fell to me. So I took him. And I just didn't like my build. I, I love Devontae Adams. He's a great player. But because I skipped the running back, you know, just my build did not turn out the way I wanted it to because, uh, you know, even with Devontae Adams up there and being great, I, especially in a 16-man league, it's a little different because, uh, you know, so many more RBs are coming off the board. But um, I just didn't like what I did. So I think I'm going to be you know, purely a running back in the first round guy for the most part. I mean, maybe if I'm sitting at seven in a normal, eight in a normal uh, draft, not super flex, and Michael Thomas falls to me, I'll just have to bite the bullet and go, well, this is ridiculous. I have to take him, you know. But other than that, uh, I think that I'm probably going to be an RB early guy. So if you're not going to go quarterback early in a super flex and you also don't take running backs early, I kind of don't know what you're doing. So I, I'm with you. But Zinke has <laughs> won many of these industry leagues. So, no, no, you know, hey, he might go out and win it. He might go he, out and win I'm not saying he can't. And I think his Just overall strategy, high. and I've never talked to, to Zinke, so I don't know him yeah. personally. But our buddy Joe no, has talked to him many, many times. He's yeah, and he's in, very good. And he's active. That's the big thing. Yes. Like, he wants to trade all the time. So oh. uh, <laughs> I, I, I understand that, too. So, you know, he can easily make moves to make his team much, much better. Um, but he also, I think his overall thing, if I'm remembering this correctly, is he zags or he zigs when everyone else is zagging. So, you know, yes. he sees the running backs and the quarterbacks going very, very high. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to build around some wideouts here. And it seems like that's what he did here. So uh, I don't hate his team, but I understand why why you didn't like it. But um, And I love Kenny Galladay and A.J. Brown. Yeah, they're, they're good picks. I mean, these, these are good picks, picks but, but I, I just... You know, when you look at the overall core and you go, okay, you know, my top two quarterbacks are I've got my starting lineup. I've got Burrow and Garoppolo. I've got Jones and Connor. I've got Thomas and Galladay versus, you know, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor, or Lev Bell, however you want to, you know, range those guys. And McLaurin and Diggs, I'm going to take the quarterback team. The quarterback score more yeah. points. It's just math at that point. So I would uh, say one other thing, Scott, that I noticed. He took three rookie wide receivers. I can't take three. He took Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, and Jerry Judy. Well, I, I think can't that's take just three. swinging. I think that's just swinging uh, because he like yeah he he's hoping to hit one. Yeah, yeah. You, you're taking a risk somewhere, and he's got Thomas Galladay and Brown. Those guys aren't coming out. You know, th those guys every week yeah. are there. None of them are coming out. And he even has Crowder as a bye week guy, maybe a flex guy because his next flex running back is Duke Johnson. So Jones and Connor are starting every week. Thomas Galladay Brown is starting every week. Um, one flex is going to be Johnson or um, Crowder. The other is going to be Jimmy G. So um, I'm okay with him taking these because he did take those swings all round 12 and lower. Uh, but, you know, 
like you said, there's just a couple things you don't like here. You don't like taking a quarterback to round six. You don't like taking the three rookie wideouts and three three tight ends in, in tight Waller, ends Hooper, not... and Fant. It's just not something I'd do. I'd rather have a backup quarterback in a super flex. I, yes, he so. could have used a third quarterback. So before we um, go on to player debates, and uh, we're only going to have one segment of player debates this week, so we'll be able to do some more next week potentially, So as long as you're still good for next week, Johnny. But um, the uh, the college football season, you know, on, it, we do uh, college fantasy football on campus, uh, you, me, and Eric Froton, and uh, on the show that we recorded this week, we were talking about, um, you know, uh, a lot of the schedule changes and impacts and how we're going to have to change stuff. So, but now that we're off that show, um, for now, uh, what, um, what do you, are we getting college football in the fall, John, or do you think it's going to get all pushed back? Because I think division two and three just said, we're not, we're not playing. This they're game. gone. Yeah, they're yeah. done. And, um, one of the FCS conferences just postponed, um, it begins with an S. It's not the Sun Belt. That's the um, big uh, sky. The something big All sky. Right. The big sky. That's it. The big sky just said we're out for the fall. Also, so obviously the decision is being driven by the money at the upper level. Yeah, I mean it's just so clearly obvious right now because the other lower levels, their budgets their structure of the organizations in the athletic department, they're obviously not centered on big television revenue, right? They're not centered on 100,000 people coming to the game. Their goal is to have football at a university. People like sports. They can play. I went to a Division three school. I covered the football team for three years. Loved it. But we had like 150 people in the stands, other than <laughs> right. home, like other than homecoming. But I loved it. It was I knew the coach, the players had a great time. Much different role, and and so I understand that, right? But obviously, at the upper level, it's about hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. I'm I'm very worried about the health of the players. The baseball seems it took them too long. But it seems like Major League Baseball, you must have read this. They put the hammer down today, right? Yeah, and yeah. And I think they did the right thing. Now, it is difference between pros and paid and age right. and, you know. So, but I think the NFL is going to take a similar step eventually because they're going to see it work in baseball. We know it's worked in basketball, right? The bubble worked. Well, the bubble works, but it's impossible yes, to bubble college apps. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You you cannot do it. You yeah. cannot do it. Um, baseball basically can't do it now. They just have fines that are going to force behavior, right? And yeah. you're not going to play. I mean, that's they had no option. They're going to they. So they did that. The question is, how severe can you go on a college campus, and when is the charade of student athlete? just completely going to be wiped away. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating that this is really, really exposing, in my opinion, that this has never been about a student athlete. Because yeah. if it was really about the student athlete, and we knew it, Scott, we knew it was never. No. But I mean, there was an episode of South Park, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that did a great job describing uh, the, uh, you know, they had the Crack Baby Athletic Association. So. <laughs> I mean, I won't, I won't dive any more into it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's South a classic. Park, South Park is its own thing. But yes. uh, they, they have, they, they describe 
you know, student athletes in a very disparaging way that kind of sheds light on it, you know, just in the logic. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that that's the thing is you can't you can't tell your regular students, no, we can't have you on campus uh, because of the spread of this d- disease and then say, oh, but we'll have uh, we'll have all the athletes. The student athletes can come back and, and play and and not only play, but also sweat and run into each other and, and all the stuff that football players constantly do. So it's tough, man. It, it's going to yeah. be hard to uh, navigate through this. I think with the schedules coming out, it's leaning. I actually feel more optimistic that we do get college football because, you know, it's going to start. It looks like it's going to be starting here. And, you know, what's uh, uh, as people are listening to this, it's the eighth. So it's th- literally three weeks away. The the 29th is the start date for some of these games. I, uh, if we start seeing those games get moved back to week four, maybe I'll have a little more concern, but that hurts us for CFF. And we talk about that on CFF on campus, but we got to hit a break. When we come back, John and I will be, be doing some NFL player debates for your fantasy football season. So stick around for that. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends listen to... In this league. In the dark. Welcome back, everybody. You hear Endless Love. You guys know what that means. It is the last segment of In This League on the Sports Grid. Make sure you are getting on the grid. We appreciate you guys listening to us. And if you would, please check out the In This League Patreon, patreon.com slash in this league, slash ITL Army, excuse me, patreon.com slash ITL Army. In this league.com will take you there as well. It'll redirect you. But um, over there for you, we've got all kinds of great stuff. We've got uh, fantasy football rankings. Uh, I've got Superflex uh, half point up there in the Welsh. And I both have PPR. I have IDP stuff. I have CFF stuff up there as well. The Welsh has over 500 minor league 
uh, rankings up there. We got fantasy baseball rankings. We do secret shows. We do live streams twice a week. So we got all kinds of stuff for you to do over at patreon.com slash ITL army. So really appreciate you guys checking that out. But John, uh, time for some player debates and uh, we haven't done many tight ends. So uh, let's start out in the tight ends here and um, let, let's just go with a couple big ones and we'll go by ADP on this one. Obviously uh, George Kittle is getting picked in round two at 24 overall. That's the ADP consensus. According to fantasy pros, 24th player off the board versus a guy like Zach Ertz, uh, who's going at 42 and seems to be slipping a little bit. And I was talking about this with the Welsh in hour two. It seems to me that Kittle and Kelsey are kind of separating themselves and Ertz and Andrews are becoming their own type of clump where some people are now taking Andrews over Ertz, which is a little surprising to me. But uh, if you could take Kittle at the end of the second or, um, you know, Zach Ertz at 42, which will be what middle of the fourth, which one are you taking for this season in a PPR league? I've got my 15th draft tonight. I have no shares of George Kittle. Okay, I am, none. I, I'm none. I've not taken a tight end in the second round. I get it. Some of my best friends, Bob Harris, Mike Dempsey of the football diehards, they love the tight end in the second round. I do not. I find there be tremendous value at running back and wide receiver in the second round if the running backs go crazy off the board. I love Ertz in the fourth. Now, in general, I'm a dumpster diver. But if you told me out of these two, I'm definitely going Zach Ertz in the fourth. We just mentioned it in our previous segment. One of the reasons I liked Ray's build, because I like those two strong running backs when he started with Chubb and Barkley, allowed him in my book, to grab Zach Ertz in the fourth. Right. Because I don't think you, you don't need those running backs when you're so, you know, you don't need that level because you've already invested so much capital in the running back. So I like Ertz in that build. If I went two receivers in a running back in the first three, I'm not taking Ertz. But okay. I do like what Ray did. So it, it depends on a roster build. But in general, I'm not taking Kittle in the second. I like Kelsey or Kittle in the second. So I'm kind of with, uh, Bob Harrison and that strategy. And it's not, it doesn't have to necessarily be a tight end. What I really like is getting an upper echelon player at tight end or quarterback this season because the wide receiver pool is so deep. And I don't mind picking a wide receiver one out of McLaurin and Diggs and guys like that. You know, um, I prefer them, of course, as wide receiver twos. But if I can get RB depth and an upper echelon tight end, uh, which is why I really like picking in the first three spots this season is, you know, I know I'm getting one of, you know, CMC, Barkley, Zeke, somebody, uh, a good running back. And the second round, I can either take if a, if a surprising RB falls to me. Great. Yeah. If not, I'll take one of Kelsey or Kittle. And then in the third round, generally I'm taking Leonard Fournette because he falls to me. <laughs> I've been a Leonard Fournette homer for, you know, ever since he came out of college, I'm a big, big Fournette fan. So that's, that's what happens what to I, me with John Taylor. I get so much of John Taylor in the third round, my friend. Yeah, yeah, and and John Taylor's, you know that that's, uh, it, he could easily surpass Fournette, and I wouldn't be surprised this year. You know, the, if the Jaguars, you know, if Gardner Minshew completely implodes, they got nothing at quarterback, and now you're not looking at eight nine man boxes, you're looking at ten man boxes every snap for Fournette. So it could get ugly, and I understand that. 
but also like if Jonathan Taylor misses on a couple, you know, blitz pickups in week one and two, oh well, here we go, Marlon Mack. You know, it's back to back to your volume. So they're they're everybody's got a, a risk, but that that's what I like to. I'd like to take the, an upper echelon tight end, uh, but I'm not against you know. I'm not against going if I can go running back, running back, and then Lamar or Holmes in round three, which they keep rising uh, these quarterbacks. So it's hard to get them either one of them in third. Uh, most yeah. of the time they're going middle of the second to early second at this point. But if I can go those two, take Mahomes in the third, and if Ertz falls to me in the fourth, I'm I'm all about that. I'm fine. Yeah, with that. I mean, I would say this: if if Lamar and Mahomes falls in the third, I'm obviously heavily considering it right but i have i have now that happened in march it happened early on when but now they you're right scott they've creeped up yeah. it's very hard to get them that early anymore yeah and i i pointed out like, um fantasy pros had an adp risers um an adp risers article that they just put out and four they had eight risers and eight followers four of the risers were quarterbacks and, and uh, i think it was lamar and uh, Dak, Russell, and uh, Deshaun, I think, were the four rising. And I and he said, what do you think this is? And I said, I think it's more dummies drafting. The closer you get to the season, you get more dummies. And the more dummies, the the you know the popular names are going to go higher. So, um, you know, people don't know what they're doing. So they just go, well, I know Dak Prescott's really good. I'll just take him in the second or, or third <laughs> or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's just overall quarterbacks start to climb a little bit the closer you get to the season. Also, rookies, you know, shiny new toy. People say, "Oh, Jonathan Taylor. Why the hell is he still here? I'll I'll take the risk on him, and they'll snap him up in the third instead of him, you know, falling to the back end of the third or the fourth or whatever it is." So uh, I think in general, some of those things happen. Now, an, another tight end debate here, and I'm really interested to hear your response on this one because I don't know if it really matters as much, but ah. I've always I've always been a John New Smith guy, and I, I've told you this, and I know you wrote the or are in the process of writing the tight end article for DFS. And buying on uh, cheap tight ends and all that stuff, or should you spend up on tight ends? It's kind of the crux of your article, isn't it? Um, yes, yes. Okay, so diehards.com. There you go. All right, so it is already up. And um, uh, Dallas Goddard versus Jonu Smith in this debate. Who do you like between those two tight ends? Who are kind of, you know, they're the last rung that you're taking as a starter. Love Jonu Smith. Scott, absolutely love him. I'm doing right now the players I'm most invested in this year. This is when I'm starting because I'm going to post on Twitter who I'm most heavily invested with. If you go to my Twitter page, you can see it. I just printed a last year's guys, and you can see how well I did. Jonu Smith might be my most heavily owned tight end at this point. It's either him or Jacecki. I have to look at two more teams. I love Jonu Smith for the ceiling. I like Goddard, but I think Goddard is the chess piece if you own Ertz. Think if you own Ertz, you need to get Goddard. I really like that combo because you can't take the risk of Ertz being hurt and then not having a tight end because you know Goddard's going to step in and be successful. Right. I like Jonu Smith because of the ceiling, man. Loved him coming out of Florida International. The athleticism is awesome, dude. Last year, he had 439 yards on 35 receptions with three touchdowns, averaging 12.5 yards per reception. The year before, he averaged 12.9 yards per reception. I like it because when I look at the roster build of the Titans, 
the pecking order in the passing game. A.J. Brown, Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith's better right now than Corey Davis. Name another wide receiver other than Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. And we know what Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry, right? He's right. not going to get 76 receptions. Now, he might get 30. They're going to, you know, they might use him on the screen. He might get it. But he's not going to become a heavily invested target monster. He's going to run the ball. I like Jonu Smith a ton. And if the Titans aren't as good as last year and they got hot, if the game script goes away where they're playing a little bit from behind, I like Jonu Smith even better. I love Jonu Smith, my man. Yeah, and here's the the guys. It's uh, Cameron Batson, uh, Cody Hollister, Rashard Davis, Nick Westbrook, Mason Kinsey, Christian Wilkerson, Kyle Williams, Khalif Raymond. Uh, and uh, that those are the wide receivers that are on the roster that aren't A.J. Brown and Corey how, Davis. For how bad is that wide receiver core? It's not good. Not a good room. <laughs> Adam Humphreys and Khalif Raymond are like the three and four. So and that's not impressive. I understand what you're you, where you're coming from, but I think I I like Dallas Goddard just a little bit more. And the reason is, and I like Jonathan Smith. We just haven't seen him put it together, and it took Delaney Walker becoming a free agent for him. He he did push Walker out of the, the door. You know his his uh his contract came up. So, yeah. um, you know, I would rather have seen him because he's so good, push someone out the door and gain that starting role. He just has it kind of a little bit by default. Now you're right about the targets though. But the thing in Philly is they're having such wide receiver problems. Oh, Jackson yes. is saying stupid things. Uh, you know, yes. Jalen Rager's a rookie. Uh, yeah. JJ, I think Whiteside was unbelievably disappointing. Alshon is going to start on the puppet. Seems like. Um, so it seems like the two best receiving options on this team are Ertz and Goddard. I mean, maybe Miles Sanders might be in that as well. So um, it, it's just because we know what we have in Goddard, and I think Goddard, I think Goddard would be a top tight end if Ertz was gone. I think he'd be a top six, seven tight end at. I Ertz. agree with that. I uh, agree with that. I think he would be great if Ertz is gone, but Ertz is still there, which is why he goes so deep in the draft. But it's very close, and that's why I asked this question. And and I don't blame you for having Janu ahead of him, even a little bit. Uh, let's get. I'll oh, say this guy is because I like the ceiling. Yeah, I yeah, the ceiling the is ceiling. huge. It is very, that's very big. Uh, but uh, my all my DFS lineups know that the floor is pretty big too. Uh, <laughs> because oh every God, time Rondell I take him, he gets one. Rondell catch. Moore's not playing. Rondell Moore's not playing. Oh, he just opted out. Holy shoot! <laughs> just tweeted farewell at 554. Holy whoa! Now that wow. The, well, oh. let, let's get let's give a little room. Yeah, I'm break. sorry. I'm let, sorry. No, that's no, a, it, let, let's, it, that's a big move for college football. Let's give a little room to breathe because uh that you know uh if, t- tweeting farewell might be nothing too. I mean it, People get cryptic to get information to get attention all the time. Well, his um, whole paragraph, goodbye, Boiler Nation. Oh, really? <laughs> That's not good, especially because I have him in a dynasty league. Don't like that. But, um, uh, how about a uh, wide receiver one here, Johnny? Yeah. And, and this is an upper echelon one, and it's two bucks against each other Mike Evans versus Chris Godwin. Uh, I've got Chris Godwin. I think the consensus is Chris Godwin after the enormous year that he came uh, uh, off of last year and PPR. In general, he's a better option. But some people are afraid because he's moving kind of away from that 
slot role. And he's going to be lined up outside a little bit more because they're going to be running a lot of two tight end personnel. So uh, your thoughts on uh, Goodwin versus Evans. I like, I have Godwin ranked ahead of Evans. Okay. However, I don't own Godwin. I have a bunch of Evans. I got him in the fourth round of the Scott Fishbowl. I get Evans in the third round a ton. um, Godwin is always off the board right on round the turn. I don't think I've ever seen him go past the 16th pick. And I tend to like in that area, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler. So I'm going for these other running backs there. And then I see Evans falls tremendously. I see him as one of the biggest fallers. So I'll say this. I'm looking for value when I have two stud receivers in the on the same team. I'm going to gravitate towards whichever one costs me less, and that tends to be Mike Evans. So I'm letting the value, what little there is, fall to me amongst the Buccaneers receivers. So I've got to say Mike Evans in this. Even though I do technically have Godwin graded higher, I'm just not paying for it right there. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, I love that you made that point, Johnny, because that's a great point to make. And just looking at the expert consensus rankings, because I think this was more of a, I put those guys kind of next to each other because looking at this, Chris Godwin is at six among yeah. um, the overall and Mike Evans is at 11. So both uh, of course still RB number ones, but um, let me look at the ADP here. So ADP consensus, let's go to wide receivers. Let's go to PPR and uh, that's running backs. Go to wide receivers. All right. So uh, Godwin is at um, 18 overall and uh, Evans is at 25. And this is an amalgamation of all the, the sites. So if you're using one site in particular, it's going to be more skewed towards, uh, you know, depending on where Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are ranked among their initial ranks. Uh, you know, uh, Fantrax goes by ADP. Yahoo goes by X rank. Uh, ESPN goes by their projections. So it's um, it's different on each site. But in general, it's about you're getting about a half round uh, difference on uh, Godwin and Mike Evans there. So uh, with Evans going cheaper. So I, I'm for that. And, and I could see myself owning more Mike Evans, even though he's an Aggie. Um, <laughs> than Chris Godwin, too, because the cost is very high. And what I've just been saying throughout this whole show and throughout my entire, you know, in this league fantasy football podcast, I am a running back guy this year for sure. Not going to be investing in those high wide receivers in many, many spots. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for us, John. We got to go. So uh, that is it for this week. It went by real fast. We got just got that news about Rondell Moore. So uh, we, we're going to have a lot to talk about this week. We know that. So. <laughs> Um, stick with us. Please follow us on Twitter uh, at Is It the Welsh for the Welsh at Bogman Sports for me at Greer and Skull ninety one for Johnny. And we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360. 